All right. Well, we had a riveting Thursday night football game between uh, Mark, the Chicago Bears and the Carolina Panthers, <laughs> who, um, you know, the, the Bears uh, helped their case and didn't help their case all at the same time uh, with sending the Panthers to uh, an even higher likelihood to get the number one overall pick, which, of course, the Bears own that pick. And yep. uh, and the Bears themselves get their third win of the season. So they're not in any uh, jeopardy of uh, threatening to move outside of the top 10 either so right now mark uh they're in good positioning but here in the football lounge bringing you a bonus episode to talk about the bears the state of the team thursday night football recap and we'll talk a little bit more about the uh las vegas raiders saga that continues to evolve um since we obviously uh didn't have a show dedicated to that uh being out the past couple weeks but let's focus here on thursday night football to begin with bears get a 16 to 13 win uh tyson Bajent with his uh, arm wrestling champion father in the stands, gets a win uh, for the Chicago Bears, his second of the season now. So it's two wins for Tyson, two and one two. for Justin Fields. And now you got a quandary on your hands. Oh, yeah, Qua- a real quandary. <laughs> of course, we're starting Justin Fields moving forward once he's healthy, which it looks like next week, Mark, uh, he'll be able to go uh, 10 days uh, to, to get ready and healthy there. But Bears get the win. It didn't look convincing. Uh, a lot of takeaways from this game, particularly since we, you know, got to see Bryce Young on the national stage, which I believe this was the first nationally televised game for the Panthers that I can think of off the top of my head. So, first time for the nation, really, maybe to get a, an extended look at Bryce Young. Uh, I, I think I'm not sure maybe. Yeah, yeah, I don't know if yeah, they had we'll a, a prime time game before that. I I will start with the Panthers here really quickly before we jump into the Bears, just in talking about the game before we get into the real state of the union with the Bears. I I really I don't understand at all what the Panthers are doing. I mean, 38 pass attempts for Bryce Young. The Bears have a stout rush defense, but Miles Sanders was not involved in the offense at all. He was kind of their one big free agent signing besides the Adam Thielen get. Um, Chuba Hubbard, not enough carries. I felt like when they actually committed to running the ball at times, like he was making some headway in the game. The game was always close. They were ahead for a large portion of the game after that punt return. I just, I think there's, there needs to be more common sense in that organization. And I, and I wonder if it's top down where they feel the pressure from David Tepper. And, and, and so they are just trying to showcase, showcase, showcase Bryce Young and CJ Strauss explosion has not helped Bryce Young at all. I, I really, really wish this Panthers organization would just, commit to protecting him and and running the football and 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 building a foundation to where then you can have success going forward because you're going to get this kid killed he has CJ Stroud we said it last week like he has nothing to work with Bryce Young has nothing to work with but CJ Stroud at least there's an elite left tackle there's some speed and he's a big strong athlete who can stand in the pocket yeah. Bryce Young at times I thought there was some pop when he was mobile and scrambling a little bit, but man, oh man, oh man, on some of those deep out routes and deep balls, he he just doesn't have it. And he's not capable right now of rifling the ball in there in the tight windows and his receivers are getting no separation. It's just ugly with Carolina right now. Really, really ugly. So you know, there's already rumblings that they could move on from Frank Reich. I think that'd be a bad, that'd be a big mistake. I think you need stability with this kid. I think it's not Reich's fault 
that the cupboards are so bare in Carolina, what he came into, and um, they need a, a real overhaul and a lot of work to be done. And the problem is they don't have a lot of ammunition to do it. You know, they yeah, gave up I mean, next year's second round pick two to the Bears for this trade. They don't have their first rounder this year. They have got to be aggressive in free agency and building a, a a real offensive line, a real run game, and a play action game that he then can thrive off of going forward in the future. I, I, I you know, I'll let you talk about Carolina before we jump into the Bears, but that's that's just how I feel right now. If I was a Carolina Panthers fan, I'd be screaming on Twitter every day, protect this kid run the ball, create an identity. They don't have any of that right now. Yeah, no, I agree entirely with that sentiment. And on top of that, especially the the latter part of what you talked about there, which is the draft capital aspect, this team has a lot of holes to fill. Yeah. I, I think that they have a lot of talent on defense overall. So, you know, you're not as concerned about that aspect of the team. They obviously could use some linebackers and um you know a, another safety but that aspect of the team is is pretty well intact but the offense does have a lot of holes clearly they don't really have a running back and they paid Miles Sanders for multiple years and yeah. you know he came back um he had been injured for a good portion of this season comes back and yeah they haven't really been able to get anything going on the ground there uh so they could use uh you know a type of running back like Christian McCaffrey for lack of a better uh you know example there uh, that that can create on his own. Um, they could use another offensive lineman, particularly on the right side of the line. They could use a, a, a true tight end. I mean, they're just not doing much with Hayden Hurst at yeah. all. Tommy Tremble is a is a fine backup tight end. And you mentioned it. I mean, no receivers to speak of that can get separation. Adam Thielen is fine in terms of a veteran wide receiver there that uh, is a good possession receiver type of dude. But obviously, at this age of uh, in his career. He's not a guy that's uh, going to yeah. create separation with his route running ability, and they don't have anyone else like that. You thought maybe rookie Jonathan Mingo would uh, be uh, the type of guy to uh, maybe work himself into the rotation as a reliable ass, uh, a target for Bryce Young, uh, like Tank Dell has been for C.J. Stroud uh, in recent weeks, uh, but we're not seeing that, obviously. And um, yeah, they just they they kind of gutted their team, and now you know, to your point, they don't have draft capital to make that up. Uh, day three picks aren't going to be uh, what gets this team over the hump yeah. in the next couple of years. So they're going to have to get through 2024. I think it's going to be another really rough year for them next year. Um, and and maybe that's what they need. But then you're going into year three with Bryce Young, um, you know, with only having two years of him before you're going to have to restructure and, and yeah. get a deal done. It'll be and, a make or oh, break year for sure. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so they're they're in a really difficult spot right now. Obviously, at this point, uh, despite not having those picks next season, they're gonna probably still want to, uh, you know, tank a little bit here and yeah. at least get a high pick in round three and round four and round five. You know, so you can at least like, uh, yeah. you know, have some of those picks. But yeah, it is it's difficult, and um, they're gonna have to do the the two a tongue of Iloa treatment and so things weren't working out with brian flores there in miami they bring in an offensive guru and mike mcdaniel that has clearly worked out really well tua has had a fantastic run game to uh, help aid him and on top of it we've seen like tua there, there are several comps outside of their size they're not huge arm guys they of course can make all the deep throws that's anyone in the nfl can make these throws that's why they're there 
um, but they need to be in the right situation to make them. Tua has been put in the right situation because of the staff around him, because of the helping cast of a Tyree Kill, a Jalen Waddle. If if they can get those types of things done for Bryce Young, then I think that you know the the future's bright. Um, but this goes to the you know what what we've heard year in and year out. It matters where you land in the NFL as a quarterback and. If they're going to do this for Bryce Young, then it's all well and good. If they don't, then he landed in the unfortunate yeah. spot and maybe his career peters out after a few years. That's just where we're at. Yeah. All right. Now let's jump into it. I'm wearing my Bears hat. I I want to uh I want to make one thing really clear on today's, you know, kind of extra episode. So going forward, as of now, all of our listeners know where I stand. I want this to be very clear. I'm going to thread a very, very thin needle here. As a as a diehard Chicago Bears fan, they are my life. I think about them all the time. I have problems. The this is what they're tough in, to my, watch, in my dream scenario. This is what the next couple months look like. This is my dream scenario. My dream scenario is that Justin Fields comes back, plays really, really well, plays really, really well. Like we saw him play really well, like in that Denver game. And then in a in ways that they win some games but lose enough in the in the sense that it's still very obvious to all of us that this kid can play, this kid can be the future of the franchise. But overall, this organization is in a bad place because of the coaching staff involved. My dream scenario is that at the end of the football season, Matt Eberflus is fired, his staff is gutted, and the Bears bring in someone a Ben Johnson, a Jim Harbaugh, someone Matt Canada. in a Matt. No, no, don't do that. I was on a roll. Don't do that. And, 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 and I almost said his name. I feel like, you know, it's like saying bloody Mary three times. In front of the, dude. Yeah. yeah. In front of the, in front of the mirror, you don't want to do it. Uh, I got to, I got to the CA of, of his last name. I almost said it almost came out of my mouth. And so, so we're looking at that type of scenario where the Bears end up with about the eighth pick in the draft with their own pick. They win about six games. Justin Fields plays really well, is healthy the remainder of the year, but it's obvious that this coaching staff is not the right solution for this team going forward. You bring in one of those premier, a Ben Johnson, a Jim Harbaugh, uh, an Eric Bieniemy, and you and you bring them in with the intention of saying, Justin Fields is who we're building around. And now we have two top 10 picks to be aggressive and get creative in building around Justin Fields. Um, one of the reasons why I feel confident that that could happen is this um, that I saw on Twitter today, which was great. Um, the Bears offensive line has only given up five sacks in the last four games, and they're still without Nate Davis. So Justin Fields has not benefited from the Tevin Jenkins coming back Bears offensive line. But you have Tevin Jenkins. If you can get Nate Davis back, Cody Whitehair, Lucas Patrick, Braxton Jones at the tackle, obviously Darnell Wright. All of a sudden now, this Bears offensive line is, is really starting to gel, especially that right side with Jenkins and Wright. And it's the future of your right side of your offensive line. Justin Fields could benefit from that. Khalil Herbert will be coming back uh, in this now 10-day window that the Bears have to get ready for their next opponent. So there's a lot to like about where the offense will be and what Justin Fields will have to build around, right? And so um, that is uh, this is the beginning of the thread. The, the second part of that thread We'll be then talking about the Panthers pick. I firmly believe at this point in time that Panthers pick is pretty much a guaranteed top three pick. That Panthers pick will be a top three pick with, 
in my opinion right now, it looks like the New York Giants and then a combination of the Raiders, Cardinals, Patriots, right? Some sort of that group, right? And so then what can the Bears do? If the, if the pick ends up being the number one pick, the dream scenario would be to get the haul like you did for Bryce Young. Can you get someone else's next first-round pick, their this year's first-round pick, and an elite player off their squad? For example, if the pick ends up being the number one pick, can you go to the Raiders and say, we want Devontae Adams or Max Crosby, one of the two, we want this year's first-round pick, and we want next year's first-round pick. Deal done. All of a sudden, let's say it's Max Crosby, right? All of a sudden, the Bears say, in a year, in two years, they get DJ Moore, they get Max Crosby, they get multiple first-round picks, and then they're in the same scenario next year where you run with Justin Fields, and if he ends up stinking, then you don't pick up the fifth-year option, or if he's injured again and he just can't stay healthy enough, you end up with two first-round picks again next year, and you get to redo it. You know what I mean? Push this down the line. Give yeah. Justin Fields yeah. more time. All That's while true. you're not paying a quarterback and you're paying Sweat. You're paying DJ Moore. You're paying Max Crosby. You're supporting, or maybe it's Devontae Adams. You're paying him. You know what I mean? And then that gives you so much flexibility to address the offensive line and other positions of need for your actual two other top 10 picks that you'll get with your pick. And then would it be the Raiders pick? So that to me right now is the dream scenario. That's what I'm hoping for. No and you'd almost you're... think that the Raiders' first pick the following year is going to be very high Still again, very right? high. I mean, because so, they're in a tough spot, yeah. So that, to me, is dream scenario. The other, the other second part of that would be a dream scenario would be you still end up with a – you end up with a, the, you know, the number one or number two pick. Or, you, or you have, even if it's the number two pick, you just take Marvin Harrison Jr., you don't trade it. You know what I mean? Uh, but – if the Panthers somehow end up with the three pick, I think it's a guarantee the Bears stick with Justin Fields. If the Panthers pick is the two or the one, depending on the haul you can get and depending on how Fields plays around the remainder of the year, then Fields has a real chance. So I think the Bears' flexibility, there's a ton of flexibility for the Chicago Bears. But what I am rooting for is that. I will be rooting for Justin Fields the remainder of the year. I will be rooting for him to play extremely well. I'll be rooting for the Bears to win some games, but I will be rooting for them to still be dysfunctional organizationally because I am so done with Matt Eberflus. I don't want the Bears winning to be mistaken as now Matt Eberflus should keep his job. He should not keep his job. It has been proven he's not worthy of keeping his job. His press conferences alone show you he should not keep his job. Yeah, this the past post, week was not his finest moment. The, yeah. the post-locker room speech after the game last night was weird and st- – oh, keep stacking. Oh, I didn't keep get stacking. to see that. It's just he's not the man you want leading your franchise. It was a mistake. It wasn't Ryan Poles' mistake. It was the franchise's mistake. Let Poles go out and get aggressive for whoever his next head coach might be. Jim Harbaugh, Ben Johnson, obviously, are the dreams. Um, but there are some other candidates out there, I think, worthy of of really considering. Um, and so I, I just want to be clear on that. The other thing I think, that, and uh, before I turn it over to you here, th- my final point of what I really gained from last night and watch that game, and I tweeted it out. We don't have to watch Taysom Bajan anymore. Like, please, like, for the love of God, I feel really comfortable knowing now this kid got some experience. He is a capable backup quarterback. You had a backup quarterback play four games for you, start four games, he was two and two. That's yeah. what you want from your backup quarterback. That's exactly what you want from your backup quarterback. In the worst case scenario, he has to play four games. He went two and two. He kept it together enough. 
The problem was you were in such a hole by the time your backup got in there that you were already a five loss team. You know what I mean? Uh, through week five. Yeah. So it, you're in a really tough spot anyways, but he, he, he can't handled his stuff. He is a very capable backup, whether it's Justin Fields, his backup, whether it's, uh, whether it is uh Caleb Williams backup, whether it's Drake May's backup going forward, you found in an undrafted free agent who you're not paying anything, a backup quarterback. That's great. That is really, really great news. And I think overall, I will credit the Chicago Bears team. They haven't had a moment yet, like the Raiders, who we'll talk about here coming up in a second, where the locker room basically decided and and, and had a coup and a takeover um, that they are going to keep scrapping. They're going to keep fighting. Uh, a win is a win. We don't come by them a lot in Chicago. So I was very, very pleased with the win last night. And overall, I've said it from the beginning of the year, you'd rather Carolina's pick be the highest pick and your own pick be um, you know, wherever it falls because you're winning games and you want to keep building your franchise and growing sure. your franchise. Um, I will make a clear one. My final stance, I'm rooting for Justin Fields. I still believe the best case scenario for this organization going forward to be a consistent winner long-term is Justin Fields. He's got to prove he can stay healthy and he's got to keep playing football the way he did against Denver and against Washington throughout the remainder of the year. And uh, and I and I think that we've already seen enough from Matt Eberflus to know he's not the guy going forward. Yeah, I think the Bears are in a unique spot to where it's kind of a win-win for them, regardless. Because if the if the wheels do fall off, if everything goes wrong here, and Justin Fields isn't the guy, then you you likely have the one and two. And uh, Caleb Williams and Marvin Harrison Jr. Uh, that's that's uh, a franchise-altering type of draft right there yeah. uh obviously you never know until the guys play uh but in terms of prospects and projections that would be that type of move so you know worst case scenario is justin fields isn't the guy uh the team's in disarray they have to kind of clean house and start from scratch well they have the assets to start from scratch they're yeah. able to do that and it wouldn't create so much of a pivot for them as it would for some other teams where they're going to have to now start selling the farm and uh, and really starting things over. You already have a guy on the defensive side now that you're going to anchor with, with Montez Sweat getting his big deal. Uh, and, you know, um, hopefully you get a little bit more out of the linebackers um, that, that you've wanted to see. Uh, you have a Jalen Johnson who obviously I would imagine you want them to to get that figured out so that, that he can be kind of a long-term fixture uh, yeah. in the defensive backfield as well. Uh, so they have some guys that they can rally around and offensively just keep kind of chipping away at that. Uh, and then on the flip side, if Justin Fields is the guy, then you also have a great problem with having two high picks that you then can sell off and continue to, to stack to more capital and, and build your team around because this team still does have plenty of holes. So you you do need uh, multiple picks to spend on you know a center and some guards you know and um and uh, another wide receiver and maybe the back center. I, I and like eight centers keep drafting centers yeah. till you get it yeah. right my Getting god some more centers gosh yeah definitely need that you know an outside backer of course and some you know, more defensive backs um yeah I no think, I'll, I'll go to you because i do have a I, I do have a question for you as well yeah what as is it the question to a certain other position but no i've I'd like, I want to hear what you have to say first. So about, I, I about guess those. to me, like going back to like my whole Max Crosby trade idea, that scenario, again, if the worst case scenario for the Chicago bears is that the pick falls to Carolina is going to be one, two or three, right? That pick's going to be, we, we just, well, there's no way 
we feel like they're going to get to four or five wins yeah, and get to that yeah. four spot. It's just not, even though their schedule's weak, they might get to three wins, but again, that probably is still going to be in that almost guaranteed top three pick. So in worst case that. scenario, the Carolina pick is three and you just take Marvin Harrison Jr. You know what I mean? Like that's worst case scenario for Chicago right now. That is an amazing place to be. But if you end up with the one pick or the two pick and you feel really confident that Justin Fields is your guy and you don't love your evaluations on Drake May and and uh, Caleb Williams, right? Think of the bidding war. I mean, think of not just the Raiders. Arizona would be in maybe on that. New York, the Giants would maybe be in trying to trade up to that number one or number two pick. The, the Eng New England Patriots trading up for that number one or number two pick. The Rams, the Seahawks, maybe even in division, the Vikings and the Packers. Like, Patriots, um, yeah, yeah, the you know Atlanta, like there are real teams that could be looking at that as a serious, serious option for them to trade up to Seattle. Like you're telling me, I can't get DK Metcalf in your next two first round picks for you to go up and go get Caleb Williams. You know what I mean? Like that's what you're gonna. That's the kind of haul I mean, you could to get. say that they couldn't get that type of haul for the number three pick. And I mean, because it's, be, be, it's, it's not just about the if position you to, where you are. It's about yeah. who's coming after you, too. Right? Yeah, yeah, teams yeah. teams want to make sure that the number four pick yeah. doesn't get Drake May in that instance. Right. Exactly. So they right. To, the price goes up. Exactly. Right. So yeah. I think worst case scenario, I mean, the Bears are going to be really able to improve their team. To me, I just don't want to get distracted by the fact that I will be as a fan today, very upset. If I have, if I'm, if my coach next year, the thing I'll be most upset about is my coach next year is Matt Eberflus. Like yeah. whether it's Justin Fields, whether it's Caleb Williams, Drake May, and all these other things, the thing I'll be most upset about is if my coach is Matt Eberflus. The second, second thing I'll be most upset about is if my new head coach is a defensive guy. Like I, I, I just, we're at the point where you have to go. Nagy was the wrong offensive guy, but there are offensive guys out there. Jim Harbaugh, Ben Johnson being the two dream scenario candidates that like those are real options that really need to be considered. Yeah, absolutely. No, that would be a great boost for this team. And um, when you're young and uh, kind of rebuilding or trying to establish that foundation, it's a good spot to start. Uh, the question I had for you, it's it's a it's a smaller one. It's less consequential, yeah. but I'm just curious because I haven't gotten to watch the Bears a whole lot this season. Uh, they usually have been playing when the Steelers do, and obviously, like I, I spend more time watching the Steelers. I'm just curious about Roshan Johnson because there was a lot of hype yeah. about him coming out. What's what's the deal with him, especially with Khalil Herbert getting hurt? Like I thought that was going to open up a lot more opportunities for the young rookie. Is he just not? Um, playing to the level that so maybe, he missed. Uh, there was he pre, missed pre draft two games with a concussion. He got a concussion early yeah. in the game, and then he had to miss two games because of the concussion. So that was a chunk. So it's basically three games out. And in that time, it was also the same time Khalil Herbert was out, and so they've turned to Deontay Foreman. They and they signed this kid Evans, and they are a really kind of fun thunder and lightning, you know. Uh, generic, you know, Dollar Tree brand of yeah. Thunder and Lightning. And, I mean, and Foreman's played, a very solid you Yeah, know, they played well. Back, no doubt. What I think you've seen last night, especially, is Roshan is a, is a real weapon blocking. Like, he had a couple really nice blocks in the backfield. And I think as time now continues on, as, as Herbert's coming back, 
I think that rotation will go back to a little bit of normal, and you're going to want to see more of what Roshan has at this point in time of the year. Um, and so I, I expect Roshan to be more involved as the weeks continue on. But I think the problem is right now is they they really do have a a, a real depth of running backs. Khalil yeah, they, Herbert, Devont, yeah. Dante Foreman, this Evans kid has been a nice surprise, little, you know, dink and dunk out of the backfield. And then and then Roshan Johnson's kind of the one full all-around back. And so I'd like to see him play more. I really want to see him play more. Uh, I'm with you on that. But I think part of it has just been that's the one spot they've had in a, a little bit of an embarrassment of riches. And uh, he also was dealing with the concussion and had to miss two and a half weeks basically because of it. Well, so is this like a position that you don't consider like you, you like you would want them to address so many other spots? Yeah, running back they at this point in time, I'm very competent, yeah. content with whoever's carrying the rock. I want them to run the ball more. I want them to have yeah. an identity yeah. running the ball. I'd like for it to be Roshan Johnson. I feel like he is your your if you look at the traditional like every down, third down back, like he's you know, one through three, like he's your he's your guy. Um, I like his size, his hands, his blocking overall. Um, but again, it's just kind of where that positions fall. The Bears sure. absolute needs are center, guard, uh, or or right tackle, depending on uh uh left tackle, excuse me, depending on Braxton Jones. Braxton Jones played really well last night. He might be the answer. So center or guard, and and then definitely center, and then they need an elite three technique, and then yeah. Uh, you probably are going to, it's due to move on from Eddie Jackson and at the safety spot, like his prime is passed and he's, he's now hanging on for dear life a little bit, like a real strong uh, leader in the safety position. Like to me, those are the three biggest gaps right now, elite, elite three technique, another pass rusher, a center and a safety um, running back is by committee. I'm, I'm comfortable with, with Chicago, with where they're at. Well, you know, going back to your you know, to put a bow on all of this, going back to your statement about Matt Eberflus and moving on from that. Uh, obviously, you don't want the Bears to turn into the Las Vegas Raiders with the carousel, but it is the right move, yeah. and I totally agree with you there. But that kind of will segue us into this conversation. We'll spend a few more minutes talking about the Raiders because we mentioned it on this uh, previous episode. If you didn't catch it, check out our Monday show uh, where we did our Week Nine recap and kind of went over some of the items missed in the weeks prior. Uh, but obviously the Raiders was probably the biggest storyline to come out of those um, couple of weeks with them firing Josh McDaniels after just a, a season and not even a half uh, into his tenure with the Raiders. Obviously he has uh, had a couple stints now as a head coach in the league and they have not lasted long. He has, he's clearly at this point, just not head coach material. Yeah. And it is becoming more apparent as well. I don't want to make this talk about the Patriots, but that the, the Patriot way is seeming much and it's much just Belichick more likely and Brady. that it was Belichick and Brady and that it's really, it doesn't work elsewhere. Any yeah. of Belichick's a tree um, coaching tree has not su succeeded in the NFL. We've had the Matt Patricia. We've had the Brian Flores experiment. Uh, we've had the Josh McDaniels experiment uh, and Bill O'Brien. It's just not working. And so that's an interesting aspect to take all this. But the question is, what is going on with the Raiders? I mean, if we just think to the last two years of their timeline, really, and and even you know uh, a, a year before that with the move from Oakland to Vegas, establishing kind of a new identity, a new franchise, if you will, while trying to stick to the um, 
you know, the, the culture that they had established in Oakland as, as uh, you know, being the bad boys of the NFL, trying to keep with that. Um, but, you know, hiring Josh McDaniels to turn things around just prior to that, having Rich Bisaccia have such success as the interim coach yeah. after the whole John Gruden scandal went down, he had a lot of success. They didn't hire him. They let him walk after that. We just saw a, a story come out with Mark Davis saying he regretted not hiring Rich Bisaccia after that stint. Goes and hires Josh McDaniels to turn things around. They get rid of Derek Carr, their franchise quarterback. They bring in Jimmy Garoppolo, uh, who had the experience with Josh McDaniels from New England. That clearly didn't uh, manifest in the way they wanted. So he gets benched. Now they start rookie Aiden O'Connell. And you know, McDaniels gets fired. That just this whole thing, man. It, it's a uh, it's been a, a whirlwind for them, it seems, of the past three years with just big news in the league. And uh, and there's not much on the horizon. So, you know, I, I'll kind of turn this over to you. Just where are we at with the Raiders? Yeah. What needs to be done with this team? Um, because maybe, just maybe, if they do okay with Antonio Pierce, maybe the route is to honestly not go out and try and make a big splash. Maybe some stability is what this organization needs more than anything else. Yeah. Uh, that's well, and financially it's what he, they might have to do because Pierce is not going to command a ton. Yeah. Um, yeah. And they can't afford to do anything else. I, I truly think the Raiders are one of those like, Oh my God, they, they won last week. You know what I mean? 30 points against the giants. They got really lucky that Daniel Jones got injured early. And then, every, I mean, the Giants are just. And the Giants are just, yeah. Are now good. the worst, I think, besides the Panthers, the worst team in football. Like, they are they are it. And the Raiders' schedule is brutal. Obviously, Sunday night, they host the Jets. I really think they they have got to, the Jets are, if the Jets can get a defensive performance like they got against the Chargers, they should win this game. They really mm -hmm. should. Because the the. They're playing no Herbert you know. and, and Zach Wilson. I mean, as long as he turns it over like one less time, they, they could have won that game. So say the Raiders do find a way to beat the jets. Their schedule posts that at dolphins. That's a loss hosting the chiefs. That's a loss hosting the Vikings who the Vikings now are really, really feisty. And they are showing like they are not giving up at all. Really tough. And they're a better team. Yeah. And then you have hosting the chargers. That's a loss. At the Chiefs, that's a loss. Like, I mean, that is a really tough stretch there. So I think the Raiders, it is a really, really tough job. I think if you're the Raiders and you're Pierce and you get that job and you're the GM, you, if I were you, if I were them, I would look to try to really go all in on a, let's find our future quarterback. Let's, let's get, let's move on from maybe a couple stars and let us let's load the cupboard full of young, hungry talent who just aren't used to this Raider way, cheap talent because the organization needs to save some money. They're paying some big contracts here. If I were the Raiders, I would look in the offseason, get what you can for Devontae Adams, get what you can for Max Crosby, uh, let you know, let um uh the running back Jacobs walk, and then and then just trade to go get your quarterback and you know what I mean? And then, and, and start fresh and just say, we as an organization just need a complete, complete fresh start. And if you do moves like that, yeah, it could be really brutal next year, but you could also put the building box in place. You know, if they get aggressive, they trade with Chicago for that number one pick, right? And you give us Max Crosby and you give us next year's first round and you go get Caleb Williams. 
You add Caleb Williams, you keep Devontae Adams maybe, and you and you know, you have Honor Renfro, you have an okay offensive line, and then you load up with some other picks and 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 Vegas is going to be a free agent destination. But you've got to give your organization confidence to your fan base that we can try to compete with Patrick Mahomes year in and year out. Doing getting Caleb Williams would bolster that, right? That would show mm-hmm. we're going to try to compete with Patrick Mahomes week in and week out. Yeah, I think that's what they need to do. And I, I've heard um, in the media a lot of people calling for a big splash move at head coach. And yeah, they I know they back on that um, because they're like, well, you just you gotta you gotta take risks. What what do we call John Gruden? That was a big splash move. That was a massive. McDaniel's expense. was a was and now a they're splash. paying. Yeah, yeah, and they're paying for these guys still. I mean, they're they, there is still money. Uh, to your point, they just don't have it. So. Um, look, if they, if they are a a feisty the rest of the year and they win some games, I'm totally fine with you just keeping Antonio Pierce, or maybe you come back go and get Rich Passaccia and have him come back. I don't know, but, um, a a guy like that, you know, and, and there are, you know, Dan Campbell wasn't considered a sexy hire, but that seems to have worked out quite well. You know what I mean? Like these guys are former players, younger, former players, Mike Vrabel, younger former players who are getting they right into to it. These guys, and yeah, and yeah. I, I, yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I think, I think Pierce is the way to go if he's not a disaster the rest of the way, and they're scrappy and they're feisty. And then, the, if I were the Raiders, I would find a way to go get Caleb Williams. Like Caleb Williams says to your fan base right away, "We get it. We're in a division with Patrick Mahomes and Justin Herbert. We have got to. Yeah, you got to address that." We've yeah. got to be aggressive. We can't Jimmy G this thing. We can't Aiden O'Connell this thing. We can't Derek Carr this thing. Let's go get aggressive. Hundred percent. Yep. Couldn't have said it better. All right. Well, that was a that was a nice little recap and uh, talking state of the Bears, state of the Raiders, and um, we will be back with our Week Ten recap this upcoming Monday. So stay tuned. Thank you.